We all know that I love making and recording my own podcast. Loudmouth is my heart and soul. But what's even more fun is that it's easy to do. And guess what? (laughs) You can do one too. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Because it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and anywhere else you can listen to podcasts. You can make money from it with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast right there in one place for free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, Loudmouthers, and welcome back to Loudmouth Podcast. Happy Wednesday. I'm your host, the one and only host of Loudmouth Podcast, Madison Hadler, here to say happy last day of Pride Month, friends. I hope that you've gotten out to celebrate, supported your local drag queens, donated to some LGBTQIA plus nonprofits, or just, you know, Venmoed your favorite gay friend, whatever it is. Um, I hope that you guys have celebrated and have had a happy and healthy Pride Month. Um, For this episode, we're actually going to talk about something that I would probably never in a million years ever imagined me doing on this podcast where I talk about things I want to talk about. Um, Because we're going to talk about football today. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's shocking, honestly. One, because if you know me in real life, um, no tea, no shade, but I hate the game of football, mainly because I do not understand it. And trust me, I have tried plenty of times to understand the game of football. I have had people try to teach me it. I've watched football games, but I just like truly cannot comprehend the game. But you know, I can respect it. It's cool, I guess. Um, If you like it, that's great for you. I just don't personally love it. It's a great um, game to drink to, though, so that's good. Tailgating, it has something going for it. But I just never in a million years would have thought that I would be bringing up football on this podcast. And as some things I'm going to say throughout this, I truly don't know what a lot of them mean, except that they're probably high honor. And I'll make sure to call that out throughout the episode. But you may be thinking, Madison, why the fuck are you doing an episode on football when you don't even like it and just like why? Well, my friends, it's all because of pride. So in these last few moments of pride, you may have seen the stories about Carl Nassib coming out and becoming the first actively NF- active NFL player to come out as gay. Um, I think it was last Monday he posted an Instagram video He plays for the Las Vegas Raiders, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm only saying pretty sure because I just don't want football people to yell at me. But he came out on his Instagram story and also donated, I think it was like $100,000 to the Trevor Project, which is an LGBTQIA plus mental health service. Um, I will make sure to have them linked down in the bio if you want to look them up and also donate to them. Um... Now, if you're anything like me, football just, like, isn't something, obviously, that I keep up on. So I automatically saw this on Twitter and was like, oh, my God, that's really cool, and then moved on. Um, But today I was scrolling on TikTok, actually, and saw a video by Dilly Once come up on my For You page. 
In it, she states that Nassib is actually not the first openly gay player for the NFL. It was actually a player named Michael Sam. Now, where the difference in this lies is that, and you'll hear this as I tell Michael Sam's story throughout this episode, but Nassib was, is technically the first active NFL player to be playing games and be a publicly gay, a publicly gay man. Sam, as you'll realize, didn't actually play um, a seasoned game, but it's still so important to note Sam and to note his accomplishments as being the first openly active NFL gay person. (laughs) That was kind of a confusing sentence, but you get what I'm saying. So let's dive into a story about Michael Sam and his coming out in the NFL. story too is that Michael Sam played for the Mizzou Tigers football team and for the uh, St. Louis Rams for a little bit and if you guys don't know I'm from originally from St. Louis and my dad and brother both went to Mizzou so it was a little bit of serendipity to kind of come across this story and I'm excited to be telling it because a little bit of you know Missouri pride even though Michael Sam is from Texas but it makes me feel a little bit better (laughs) about Missouri But let's get into it. So in 2014, Michael Sam told ESPN and the New York Times, I am an openly proud gay man. This announcement came after graduating at Mizzou and playing a 12-2 season with them. In this time, they won the SEC East and the Cotton Bowl, where Sam was named the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. And no, before you comment on it, I don't really know what any of this means, except that they are kind of a big deal in sports, and I thought I would include them for the people who know football and know what they mean a little bit. He was expected to do well in the draft, but after he came out, a lot kind of changed around that narrative. The St. Louis Rams drafted Sam in the seventh round, 249th out of 256 players. He became the first publicly gay player to be drafted into the NFL. Even Obama made a statement where he said, Congratulations, Michael Sam, the Rams, and the NFL for taking an important step forward today in our nation's journey. From the playing field to the corporate boardroom, LGBT Americans prove every day that you should not be judged, that you should be judged by what you do and not who you are. The Rams jersey with his name on it became the second best-selling rookie jersey at the NFL's website. During April 1st through July 17th, Sam's jersey ranked sixth in sales among all NFL players. Three days after being drafted by the Rams, he gave a joint press conference with the Rams coach at the time, Jeff Fisher, stating that he was just going to move on with football and focus on football and not worry about anything else in the news. The next day, the Oprah Winfrey Network announced that it was filming a series about Sam directed by Amy Rice, which blindsided the Rams and caused the sports world to be erupt with a lot of feedback and comments. Two days after announcing that it was going that the network was going to put out a series, they put it on hold, and Sam went into a media freeze in order to focus on making the Rams roster. 
made his professional debut on August 8, 2014, during his first preseason game against the New Orleans Saints. On August 30th, St. Louis released him as a part of the final round of cuts to reduce their roster. They retained Ethan Westbrook over him because he provided versatility to play all four defensive line positions, as they said. He then signed on to the practice squad of the Dallas Cowboys from September 3rd to October 21st, getting released when Demarcus Lawrence was ready to return from injury. Sam wasn't signed onto the NFL again, so he signed with the Montreal Alouettes of the Canadian Football League, where he became the first openly gay player in the CFL. On August 7th, he became the first openly gay player to play a regular season game, SFL game. Then, on August 14, 2015, Sam announced on Twitter that he was stepping away from his professional football career for mental health reasons. His tweet read, The last 12 months have been very difficult to me, for me, to the point where I've become concerned with my mental health. Because of this, I am going to step away from the game at this time. I thank the Alouettes for this opportunity and hope to be back on the field soon. Thank you all for your understanding and support. Coming out obviously came with hardships for Sam. Before coming out publicly, he came out to his Mizzou teammates in 2013, where he said they were all supportive. But he avoided talking in, in and to the media so as not to address the rumors of his sexuality. It was in his 2014 interview with ESPN's Outside the Lines where he addressed the questions. He talked about his coming out experience and his status as the first college football's openly gay player. After this, an anonymous NFL executive told Sports Illustrated that they expected Sam to fall in the draft because of his announcement. This statement caused the NFL Players Association Executive Director DeMaurice Smith to respond that any team official who anonymously downgrades Sam is gutless. Sam immediately fell 70 spots on the CBS draft board withstood online abuse from NFL players and team managers, and attracted protests from the Westboro Baptist Church, which I'll talk about in a little bit. He also inspired a Republican lobbyist to pursue legislation banning gay athletes from professional football. Worst of all, he had to read disapproving comments from his own father, who told the New York Times that Deacon Jones, the legendary defensive lineman, would be turning over in his grave at the thought of a player in the NFL being the week after his interview, Sam returned to Mizzou to accept the 2014 Cotton Bowl Championship trophy at a ceremony held at the halftime Tigers basketball game. Anti-gay activist Shirley Phelps Roper and about 15 other members of the Westboro Baptist Church protested his appearance. Now, if you're wondering what the Westboro Baptist Church is, um, they're basically publicly identified as a hate group. Um, I feel like the biggest thing that I personally remember them doing is is when um, Paramore came to Kansas City and the Westboro Baptist Church basically called them devil worshipers and all this other nonsensical bullshit. Um, and they protest many, many of things and run rampant here in Missouri. Um, so when they came to protest him him accepting the 2014 Cotton Bowl award, the students organized students of Mizzou organized the counter protesting 
protests numbering in thousands to form a wall and were wearing shirts that said, stand with Sam. After initially being drafted in the NFL draft, he is obvious. His reaction was recorded and broadcasted live where you could tell he was very emotional and he actually ended up kissing his boyfriend live on TV for everyone to see. When Nassib came out just recently, Sam thanked him for joining the ranks of LGBTQ football players. But Sam truly paved the way for these NFL players. Wade Davis, who came out as gay in 2012 and a former NFL cornerback, said, Here's the truth. Everyone owes Sam such a bit of, gra of gratitude. He did something that very few people do. They gave up something, which is potentially his entire career in NFL, for something greater. When Sam came out, same-sex ma marriage had just become legal a year before. The NFL had faced criticism for allegedly asking prospects about their sexual orientation and had been accused of hampering players who spoke out in favor of gay rights. Not even just for being gay, but in favor of gay rights. Before Sam's announcement, many gays took for granted that the NFL, who is powered by manliness and masculinity, uh, was the ho most hostile terrain to come out of. Um, actually, in January of that year, a former kicker for the Minnesota Vikings believed he was fired for publicly speaking in favor of marriage equality. He actually published a piece on Deadspin in which he quoted a Vikings special teams coach as having said, we should go round up all the gays, send them to an island, and nuke it until it glows. The coach, of course, disputed this account, but in February, just a couple days after Sam came out, the NFL released a report about bullying in the Miami Dolphins locker room that detailed and talked a lot about a widespread of anti-gay humiliation. Many retired NFL players have come out, but it was after their careers were already over. Dave Cope was the first, coming out in 1975, three years after his retirement. He later in his career tried to coach, but couldn't find a team that would accept him. Sam told Out Magazine in 2019 that he sacrificed his professional career to live his life openly. He said, that being said, it also helped a lot of people in the process. I have to believe it helped people. Football gave me so much. It was my dream. If I could save some lives by sacrificing my career, that's what I have. I'm grateful for it. Now, it's impossible to know whether it would have been different for Sam if he weren't an out and openly gay black man or if he had chosen to keep his sexuality private. But the reality is that he fell into an area of the roster that put him at risk for being cut. And it's possible that the potential, quote unquote, distraction arising from his decision to declare his sexuality worked against him in the final analysis of who stays and who goes. Arguably, though, Sam's experience persuaded others to keep their sexuality private. After seeing the hate that he received and the lack of respect that he received, he received within the NFL and the supporting community, it's easy to kind of point the lines of people keeping quiet for almost seven years now before Carl Nassib came out because of the way that gay players are treated in the community. He got a lot of unfair comments and articles, but it's important to note Sam for be opening the doors for other 
LGBTQIA plus players. It's, in, it's also important for us to say that he really did pave the way for a lot of these players nowadays. And he was the first one to actively be seeking a career in the NFL and be drafted as an openly gay man. I know that times have obviously changed a lot, but there's still so much work to be done. And especially Carl Nassib being a white gay man, there's obviously some sort of privilege that lines up with that. And Michael Sam was an openly gay black man, probably putting a little bit more pressure on him in the NFL community. So far from what I've seen about articles about Nassib coming out in the NFL is that it's well received and a lot of people are saying that they wish that it wasn't made into such a big deal and that's ultimately where we want to go with the society we want to be increasing it to where coming out literally just like isn't a thing as I talked about with Tyler in two episodes ago is that we just wish that coming out didn't have to be a thing that we do and we just could stop assuming any sexuality But in the NFL, where it's dominated by men and, you know, particularly more masculine men, um, where you need to be a certain amount of manly, coming out can be so difficult. So congrats to Carl Nassib for being able to do that and to so far be receiving a lot of love. While I'm sure there is hate out there and I'm sure that he faces a lot of backlash in other areas, it is great to see a lot of um, sports reporters and things like that just being like we wish this wasn't such a big deal but you know it's great that he is able to come out but it's important to note also who those people were that came before him and who kind of paved this way so thank you Michael Sam as well for coming out and really really paving the way for NFL players to be gay and be playing football so you guys that's my episode on football (laughs) Of course, it had to have some sort of gay twist. Why the fuck else would I do an episode on football? Um, but like I said before, it was really great to kind of look into this and research it a little bit more and learn more about Michael Sam, especially because he was drafted onto the St. Louis Rams, which, if you ask me, uh, that is my favorite football team. Um, one, because it's truly one of the only football teams I know, although – I do live in Kansas City now, so I guess I'm a Chiefs fan. I don't know. I don't really care. But I also love saying it because people get really mad when I say that the Rams are my favorite team because, you know, everyone in Missouri has beef with them, and I think it's rather funny to say it. But you will probably never hear me talk about football again, so I hope you enjoyed the sporty side, (laughs) quote-unquote sporty side of Loudmouth Podcast, and I hope you guys enjoyed this little kind of heartwarming tale of coming out um and just a little bit I mean history is really being made right in front of our eyes but it's important to note that although Nassib is the first active player into the NFL being outwardly gay um there are still so many who came before him and came out and faced a ton of backlash So I'm glad to see that it's changed a little bit since they came out, but still so much work to be done in that area. So down below, I will make sure to have all my sources for this episode so you guys can look up Michael Sam a little bit more. I'll have his Twitter link down below. He has posted a lot, especially during Pride Month and especially after Nassib came out um, about 
just different statistics of um, gay people being bullied a lot more than straight people and things like that. Um, so make sure you go check that out down below. Go and follow me on Instagram at loudmouthpod and on Twitter at loudmouth underscore pod. Um, and I'll have the Trevor Project links below as well so you guys can look at their mission and donate if you have the means to do so. It is the last day of Pride Month. I hope you guys are being as gay as fucking possible um, and celebrating all those who came before us and who have paved the way for us now and who we channel to continue to pave the way and make it even better in years to come. I love you guys so much. Thank you for being here on this episode with me, even if you hated football. I hope you got a little something out of this um, like I did. It's fun to know some gay history, right? I, I love you guys, and I will see you next Wednesday with the guest. Um, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, um, leave a review, and tell me what you guys want to hear me talk about. I want to talk about whatever you want to hear. So let me know. Um, DM me on Instagram, whatever you want to do. And I will talk to you guys next week. Love you all. Bye.